you can tell that that collaboration is really important to him. And yes, he has the title and yes, he has the final say and things will reflect back on him. But he seems very willing to make this a group thing. We know there is a ton of talent here. What can they get out of this mm-hmm. team to kind of, you know, change things up because they haven't been satisfied with what we've had so far? I'm Tatum Everett here inside TCO Radio Studios, and I've got Vikings.com writer Lindsay Young on my left. Gabe Henderson enjoying a much-deserved break in the action right now, visiting his family at home. So I hope you're having a good time, Gabe, if you're listening in. And then obviously we have producer Jay Nelson on deck. And guess who's back? We thought that we would be taking a little break from the Minnesota Vikings podcast. We were going to take the week off, but that that all changed. That all changed on Wednesday night, actually, when the Minnesota Vikings announced that they have found their new general manager, Kwesi Adofa You know, this has been an exciting couple of days, something that we haven't seen around this organization for more than 15 years. Lindsay, you know, you grew up here. You're a Vikings fan. How was this week for you, really on a personal and professional level? Yeah, it's exciting. Like you mentioned, it has it feels crazy because Rick Spielman was here for so long um, before I ever worked for the team. And then even with with Coach Zimmer, he's been the only head coach that I've worked with. And so definitely sad to see those two go because I really loved working with both of them. But there's this excitement, too, of a fresh start, kind of seeing what's coming in and I got to kind of do a little research on and read about Quasi ahead of time just because we were confirming the various interviews as they happened. And he really intrigued me. He seemed like a really interesting person, really, really passionate, loves to learn. And then when he's been here in the building this week, I just think it's been impressive. I'm excited to see where things go. And I know we'll talk more about it, but I'm feeling great about everything. Jay, it's been a busy week for you as well. Yes. You've got the inside of years, years in the past, too. You know, I mean, it's it's, it's something like like we say around here. It, it really is a change, like yep. an absolute change. And not not that I, I think anything was stale. But, you know, when you go through something and you feel like it's kind of old hat, you look for that splash. You look for something that could re-energize a group. And that kind of has that same feeling around here. I've seen multiple head coaching changes since I've been here Um but I was really thinking back this week just to kind of like how big of a shift is this? And I and I think the last time I remember this, actually, I wasn't working for the team. And it was I, I remember where I was because I was working in a completely different field. I was driving down the road um, in the middle of the day and all of a sudden the news broke that essentially the Wolves bought the team. And then there was this idea of there's a new ownership with new ideas And what's going to happen, whether it comes to coaching, front office, there was really this kind of blank slate feeling to it. And people were really excited in that they felt like at that point, things had gotten a little bit, you know, formulaic. And so they were excited by the promise of the new and the the press conference and hearing all of these new ideas and kind of the promise of what everyone wanted to see be done a little bit differently. And that was the last time I fully feel like there was this kind of a sized change. 
Um, and so for me, seeing not only in the past, you know, a coach goes, but there's still the kind of the, a similar front office feel. The fact that you're getting both now simultaneously, you're hearing um, kind of a renewed earnestness coming from ownership about, listen, we're not going to be satisfied with kind of where we've been. We we looking we're looking to the future and we're looking to try something different than a lot of teams are doing. And I think that is the most interesting thing and probably the most exciting thing for the fans across the board is feeling like there is kind of a, a, a shot of new energy and new blood coming in the building to kind of, you know, change things up because they haven't been satisfied with what we've had so far. And if I can just jump off of that too, I think another aspect that actually adds to the excitement is you have this whole new change in leadership. And so it feels like a blank slate, a fresh start. But at the same time, the Wolves have really emphasized that roster wise, they're not viewing it as a complete rebuild. And so I think there's kind of that that combo of you've got great players, now you've got new leadership, what can they do with that? And that's not to say the roster won't change. Obviously, every year the roster is going to change. Players are going to leave and there's going to be new faces. But I think it's exciting that it's not being viewed as a total teardown as far as on field. You heard it in the press conference. I mean, he knew coming into this, I have to work with what I have because he said he was looking at the roster, looking at the names on it, being like, this is something I can work with. Like, this is a piece of clay that I can mold into a championship team because he was going on other interviews and he was looked at for other jobs. And so you have to think that while the Vikings were looking at him, he was also looking at other situations. And just like he said, he felt it was meant to be. There's a lot of discussion about the fact that people felt like this destination, given what we had, whether it was players, facilities, kind of the the ownership group that we have and, and the personnel we have surrounding everything with the GM and the head coach, that like Lindsay was saying, this is not necessarily a, a teardown. You know, we were nine and eight and we were super frustrated at the fact that we lost these you know, one score games on a, kind of on a regular basis this season. And there was so much of a feeling of we should have been a playoff team. We should have been somebody that had more success than we did, but we ended up being nine and eight, missing the playoffs and, you know, trying to now take this team and say, we know there is a ton of talent here. We know that there is a good nucleus here of, of players with some question marks at different areas and who with an outside take, who with a different perspective what can they get, you know, out of this mm -hmm. this team? And I think the other thing too is you've heard um, minimal things coming out from some of the players, but you know, I think their attitudes probably. Let's just wait and see what happens. But it's going to be a complete overhaul and change for them. And I know, like when we talked to Chad Greenway a couple of weeks ago, kind of his attitude was, you know, when somebody new comes in, it's like as a player, you're not quite sure what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. um, but that just means as a player. You want to be around more. You want to be front and center. You want to make sure you make a good impression. And as coaching and GM try to make some of these decisions on who they're going to keep, who they're going to extend, et cetera, et cetera, I'm sure that's going to come into play. So it'll be interesting to see just this offseason kind of that amount of bodies that'll be here more than normal. And um, it'll be it'll be fun to kind of just see what the, the tone of the building is going to turn into. Yeah, I think for me, the three key words this offseason that both the players and the Wolves said when they were starting the search was collaborative, communicator, and leadership. And those are three words I found Quasi to say often in his presser yesterday. Um, but, but hearing him speak in different avenues, 
throughout the week, whether it was an oppressor or if it was behind the scenes or whatnot. He mentioned keywords to me like he wants to create a holistic work environment. He wants people in the room who have different opinions than him so he can see all of his blind spots. He came across as a very aware person for me. And I think when you are an aware person of of your strengths and weaknesses, you surround yourself with people that make you better. And it's just the kind of buzz that you kind of need when, when you think about those, again, three words, collaborative, communicator, leadership. And I feel like he checks all three. Yeah, I do too. And the great thing about that as well is I would completely agree with you, Tatum, that those were words that we kind of heard repetitively, but it didn't feel like buzzword bingo you know like it it feels like authentic to him and things that he really has belief in and I think to your point about bringing in good people around you you can tell that that collaboration is really important to him and yes he has the title and yes he has the final say and things will reflect back on him but he seems very willing to make this a group think in a way and that's super exciting to me because we know we have some really great people already in the building and, you know, he'll bring in additional people as well. And that's just super exciting. I think given his diverse background in analytic, I know analytics is the dirty word at this point. He even kind of pointed out. He's trying, he's he's trying to like Heisman that that word out of the conversation. He's like, I don't want to be the analytics guy, but my point being (laughs) the, the fact that his background was trying to take all the data that he can, read the landscape and try to figure out what is the best avenue to try to make a decision. I don't necessarily feel like it's going to be, you know, prisoner of the data where it's just like there's so much stuff coming in. I can't really make a decision. I, I, I think the thing that was refreshing as well was to hear him say things along the lines of, you know, I'm going to take in as much information as I can, but ultimately we're going to make a decision. We'll pivot if we need to. And it just felt like there was a lack of, of, this feeling of saying, well, I'm going to have to make a decision, stick my feet in the sand and not move out of, you know, ego. It was more of a, we're going to do what's best for this team across the board, trying to use the best information that we have. And this guy is somebody that's been buzzed around the league circles, especially in the last couple of years. But even before that, with everything he did at the Niners and then in Cleveland, and everyone seemed to have something super positive to say about him. I just feel like there is a, a an interesting dynamic that's going to change here. And I'm going to be really curious to see once these initial decisions start coming with things like free agency and then the draft itself and then just seeing how everything plays mm-hmm. in the offseason. I'm I'm really curious to see kind of what his tone and style are. And it's it's, it's exciting just to see this just change. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, social media can be such a place for negativity and you just didn't see one head scratcher, question mark, when when he got this job. I think, you know, as to your point, he's so well respected and people think that this was his path. This is where he's going to be, despite only being in the league for, you know, a decade or so, um, that this was something that he was kind of meant to do. But but you know that. I mean, we, we see that. There are people who are just natural born leaders. And, um, and, and you mentioned a word that I think is really important, and this is not a knock on anything or anyone previously, but the word ego is tossed around, I think, in the league so much because you have such highly competitive athletes. You have leadership with so much power over these teams and things like that across the league that when you have a guy that comes in here and says to become a champion, you have to all be on the same page, work as a group, and there can't be any ego. You're like, sign me up. (laughs) I think that's the hardest part is having been in locker rooms and hearing 
coaches that I was a part of who basically said, you're trying to take the alpha of the alphas, control them in a way to get the best out of them. And oh, by the way, deal with the ego of that. Mm -hmm. And especially younger guys tend to have some pretty good ego here, especially these guys who have, you know, been the athletes that have been the best of the best and they've, they've made their way to the NFL. I think that is a, an interesting dynamic is just to say like, you have to have somebody that's a leader that they respect, that they're willing to work with and that they're willing to listen to that also on the flip side, you know, respects them and listens to them and tries to get their needs in there too. So like, again, with, with whoever's going to end up being the head coaching hire here as well, it'll be interesting to see the dynamic, not only between the coach and the players, but then how the GM and coach work in tandem to work with the players to get the best out of them. And I think that is what is going to be kind of the, the uh, curtains opening here, uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. And the thing that stuck out to me too, in regards to the whole ego conversation is that Quasi is at least he seems to be a very humble person, but I think he also demonstrates that humble doesn't mean lack of confidence. I think he's saying like, you can be confident and mm-hmm. like, he's very confident in who he is and that he's, qualified for this job. But I think he's saying, look, everybody needs to recognize their strengths, like carry them proudly, but collaborate with people who have different strengths and not assume that you're the best in the room at something. And that's what's really cool to see. He's also such an avid learner. And I think that is something that you know, as as people come into the league, well, and, and I'm not, I am not trying to make this comparison of being a woman in sports, but it's just from my own experiences, knowing that you have blind spots, as in you didn't play the game or something along those lines, and Absolutely. then trying to learn and make yourself knowledgeable in something is no small feat. And, and this is not a comparison at all, again, but like hearing him talk about that learning, that, that, that uh, thirst for learning, that thirst for knowledge is something that I find to be like he didn't walk in here or into the football world thinking he knew it all, exactly. which is so is so good. And I, that's that's something that I, I really took away from your article that you recently wrote for Vikings.com. Yeah. So that was a really fun one to do. I know that we've put out a few different stories, but the one Tatum's talking about right now is um, kind of this anecdote about when Quasey first was in the NFL in 2013, working for the 49ers at, you know, kind of a low level entry level position there for him. And what was interesting is when he came in this week, uh, Eric Smith got the opportunity to ask him a few questions after his interview with you, Tatum. And and he had asked him about his relationship with John Lynch. And Quasey told this anecdote. And then Craig Peters was able to get on the phone with John Lynch and John brought up the same anecdote unprompted. Oh, wow. Um, and so kind of what the story was, was that in 2013, John Lynch was supposed to call, uh, he did the Denver preseason games and they were playing the 49ers. Um, His broadcast partner, who he normally called games with, was not available that day. And so they asked about having Kevin Burkhart come in, who everybody knows him now as being with Fox for the past 10 years. But at the time, it was going to be his first season calling televised games. And he and John were going to be the broadcast tandem. So John said, hey, can can uh, Kevin fill in? We'll kind of do a practice game for this preseason. Sure. So they go, they get up in the booth. And the way that they all kind of recalled it was, okay, this preseason crew, there's no statistician for us. There's no spotter. Like, those are vital things. How are we supposed to call this game without those things? 
So they talked to 49ers PR, like, hey, can you maybe help us out, get somebody who can do this for us? And they send up Quasi. <laughs> <laughs> and and the way John told it is, he's like, hey, buddy, like, I'm John, like, nice to meet you. And he's like, hey, I'm here to help you with stats. And John's like, okay, do you know how to do that? Is it something you do? And he's like, nope, but like, I'll figure it out. And even when Quasi told the story, he's like, they asked me to be a, a spotter. And to this day, like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> and so I just love, like, even 10 years ago, you know, he's... I'm not sure for his few days, few weeks, whatever, into his first NFL job, he's like, I'm here, I'm available, I'm not sure what I'm doing, but I want to learn and I want to do anything that I can to help. You know, and speaking to Kevin about that, he was like, oh my gosh, like I remember that day exactly. Wow. And I can totally see how Quasi's mentality and demeanor like set him on this journey to where he is now. And so really quick rise, but really well deserved too. Yeah, I I thought that was so great listening to or reading that at first, but I had no idea it was an unprompted thing. That's pretty cool. Was there any other? Um, I mean, I know you got to talk to his his mom a little bit. Um, I mean, look, I I am a sucker for when people talk about their families, and I'm in the back like trying not to, you know, get oh, a few tears. <laughs> I was getting pretty emotional myself, but just to see a guy, you know, kind of just lose it talking about how much his family means to me, him really hit me. And so I know you got a chance to also talk to his mom a little bit, which is nice. Yeah. I loved hearing him call his mom his superhero. Not great. And I thought it was really sweet during the press conference where he did start to get emotional. And he was like, I told myself I wouldn't cry. I told my mom not to cry. And, <laughs> and so she he, was, she was good. Yeah, She was a rock. <laughs> he did his due diligence. He told his mom not to get emotional, but then he did. And I just thought that was sweet and showed their relationship. Um, I did get to meet his mom, Emma, there briefly right after uh, his press conference. And and we got to speak for a few minutes before they kind of had she and his fiance Chelsea kind of had to catch up with him. So I'm planning to actually touch base with her and Chelsea again, hopefully next week and Ooh, dive a little bit more one. into that to have a story more about his family background and how that's kind of played a part in his career journey. But seems like an incredible family. And it's really cool to see how much credit he gives his parents. Yeah, I think that's great because, you know, if, if you're like every other Vikings fan probably out there and you Googled his name when it came out as a candidate, you didn't find too much on him. You know, I mean, he's a very he seems to be a very private person. So so I guess for me, like having a glimpse into that background and understand why he is the way he is, is kind of cool. Um, Lindsay, is there anything else that you guys, uh, the writing staff are working on you, Craig Peters, Eric Smith? I know you guys are pumping out articles to, to feed this need for, for more Quasi information. <laughs> well, I can say the same thing about you guys. I mean, obviously, I'm always going to send people to Vikings.com, whether it's sit down interviews with Tatum and Gabe or some of the articles that we're putting out, different highlight reels, like definitely check that out. This is an exciting time of year any year because we have Senior Bowl obviously coming up next week. I believe Craig Peters will be there and he'll be able to talk to some of the league pundits and stuff like that. Uh, we have got the NFL Combine coming up. I think that's early March this year with the, mm -hmm. with the extra week in the schedule. But just definitely keep an eye out because it may be the off season, but that doesn't mean the end of content here at VEN. <laughs> not at all, especially if you want to hear some more reaction videos. We spoke to ESPN's Courtney Cronin about uh, the hire. We also caught up with ESPN NFL draft analyst Jordan Reed. That should be coming out very soon. I really liked his take a lot because I think a lot of the questions that Quasi fielded yesterday were about his talent evaluations and how his background 
may not be the traditional sense where he's, you know, moving up the scouting ranks, but now he's asked to scout players and make those tough decisions. So hearing Jordan give some insight into Quasi being a talent evaluator is really cool. We also talked to the athletics, John Krasinski, who obviously has been here a while covering the team. And um, he seemed pretty high on this hire as well. I mean, you really don't find someone who's going to be like, you know, they really should have stuck with the the same formula they've been using for the past some odd years. I think it comes down to guys like John and myself about the same age, um, kind of, you know, seeing what it's been for uh, basically our entire life at this point. You know, John is somebody who had paid attention to this team. He also does basketball and everything else as well. But um, I think, you know, there's there is a a professional side to this and there is a personal side to this. And I think as somebody, you know, who's grown up in this market and you've kind of watched this team over the years, you remember the good stuff. You, you remember the bad stuff too. I think whenever you have a seismic shift like this, that doesn't happen very often. Um, it just kind of sparks your interest to see what the promise of the future is going to be. And I think that's where a lot of people right now are riding. So, um, you know, John's interview is really interesting just to hear him. And I'm just sitting there kind of listening to a lot of what he's saying going, yep, I kind of know where that's coming mm-hmm. from. Just mm-hmm. being of, of a similar age and, and background here. So John's John's always good. I always uh, appreciate listening to what he has to say. Not trying to be dramatic either, but this is the dawning of a new era in, mm-hmm. in the Vikings football organization. And I know a lot of people have said these this hire may change GM hires moving forward because the Vikings are not afraid to take a chance mm-hmm. on a guy who's a bit different, maybe thinks a little bit outside the box, maybe on the forward end of where football is going, as opposed to what hasn't worked for this organization for the past few years. And so it... I don't want to sound dramatic, but it is a new era because you got to consider he's also making that coaching decision. Yeah. And I think um, Kevin Seifert, who's somebody that's also used to be Star Tribune reporter here covering the Vikings and now is kind of national. Something that really stuck with me a couple of weeks ago, listening to him talk about possible hires across the league and something that the Vikings might look at, which ultimately ended up being that way, is kind of looking at the, the models of baseball and basketball where they've gone outside the box of traditional football people where it's like, oh, they were a player, they came through as a coach, they went through scouting, and now they're a GM. Kind of saying there's this other model that's been out there on kind of the baseball and NBA side for a bit and just being curious to see what was going to happen in the league and if if there was going to be this change. And essentially, we're one of those teams that is that is taking a swing at this new model. And I think, you know, if it does work out, like this is potentially a huge forward progress piece that we are at the forefront on as an organization. And I think what's going to be really crazy is to watch it and evaluate it in the future years and just to see, um, you know, where the, the, the good and the bad comes from it. Mm-hmm. And, but what's exciting is we haven't seen this before it's worked in other markets and now let's see what happens here with the squad. And I think it's also showing that young is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Quasi did clarify that he is 40. There were some reports out yeah, there initially. what is the deal with that? That, were, that said he was 32. <laughs> Apparently he has a, a coworker back at the Browns oh, who has okay. a similar last name and they actually share the same birthday, but different years. And so it's possible wow. that somebody looked that up in the media guide and, and got confused. But he is 40. But I mean, you look at, um, you know, Andrew Barry with, the Browns GM and he's 34, I think, and really has kind of turned that organization around in the past two years. 
This is where the old guy says, yeah, I just winced a little life? bit. No, <laughs> I did. And, I and, and several of the coaching candidates that, that the Vikings have already interviewed are also, you know, it's, a, it's a range at this point, but there are a lot of young up and coming talents who, you know, whether this is intentional or not, some have relationships with Quasi. So we could see things ramping up in the next week. It could be after the Super Bowl. It's really going to be tough to see. I'm excited. I oh, mean, yeah. it it just kind of feels like anything can happen at this point. And to to your point, I mean, it could be next week. It might need to be after the Super Bowl, depending on who that hire is. But as much fun as it was this week to have Quasi in the building, to kind of feel that buzz and that energy level, I'm super pumped for that to happen with the new head coach, too. And this is also part of the reason why, especially last week on the podcast, we were telling fans like, pump the brakes and just try and be as patient as possible because there is a plan in place. There are people that are making these decisions. Now that you have Quasi here in the building, he's going to be making the best decision possible with everybody else that's on the, on the panel. And um, I just feel like, again, you're going to see other teams making hires or making decisions. And if something on our end is taking a little bit longer than you think it should just understand there's people with the process in place and just kind of pump the brakes and, trust the process as we've heard in the past here as a Vikings uh, fan and just try and understand that um, it might not happen immediately, but they are going to get the best person possible. For sure. Amen. And as the host of this podcast, I'm going to also make the call to put it on a hiatus again until we hire a head coach. Um, you know, the great thing is we've got a front office who's working really hard on that. And the intention is to have someone on the, the podcast very soon to kind of give you guys some more background information into how the both coaching search and the GM search have gone. Plus, there might be a little bit of uh, quasi time that we'll get on the podcast very soon as well. So we have a lot of big things in store for you guys coming up here on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. But for now, we will be taking that quick hiatus that we talked about last week until we hire a coach. <laughs> it lasted for two days. And then it'll happen on Friday if, and we'll be back here next week. I was going to so. say, what if the head coach is hired on Monday? I mean, you it might know, happen. Tam. I just feel like it's the kiss of death saying, yes, we're going to suspend the podcast because we're going to take our hiatus. You know, well, as soon as you it. do that, it's just going to accelerate the timetable. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm into. I, I'm totally fine with that. Sounds I think good. I think the anticipation will be killing us to know. So right now, let's let's go ahead and put the jinx on it for sure. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast, and thank you so much to Lindsay Young. Vikings.com writer for being with us today. Make sure you go and check out all of their great pieces of work on the website right now because like she said, it may be the off season, but there's so much (laughs) going on. We have so much for you guys. We appreciate you listening today and all your excitement this week as the Vikings introduced general manager Quasi Adolfo Mensa. And for now, Skull Vikings. (laughs) 